The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. It's one of the things I've learned in life. Six or seven things I've learned. Interior latex paint comes off of your hands a lot more easily than exterior latex paint. They don't use enamel much anymore, which is good. But the exterior paint, I guess just a tougher stuff. I can't. I'm, right now I'm trying to get it off my finger here. If I don't if I don't get it off, I'm not doing the show. I mean, I don't want to say that I'm delicately balanced, but right now there's still a lot of this white paint on me here. There we go. Gone. All right, now I can do the show. Give out the number. 877-573-7825. This was a husband's text message to his wife. Honey, I was hit by a car outside work. Paula had to bring me to the hospital. Doctors are presently doing tests and x-rays. Severe blow to my head, concussion, not likely to have lasting effects. Wound required 19 stitches. I have three broken ribs, a broken arm, compound fracture in the left leg. Love you. Wife's texted response. Who is Paula? <laughs> Thanks for joining me. All right. A little more detail on why you might want to call in. You got a situation in your life, circumstance. More likely a person, right? That's kind of the way it is. Circumstances we find in general a little easier to deal with than than people. Circumstances. <laughs> circumstances are a little more predictable than people. So, if you'd like to call in, put your head link it up with mine you can do the mr spock mind meld very few of you know what that is because you're not that old star trek ran from i think 1967 to 1970 kirk was 35 years old as an actor he's now in his 90s i hate i hate to admit i remember the original star trek you ever notice when kirk would talk and again i'm probably uh only speaking to about 4% of you that know this, he spoke in broken sentences. Bones. The problem here is too much momentum. We need to establish our plan of action. That was Kirk. That's the way he talked. And pretty much Bones would just say things like, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. So, I'm a psychologist, not a show caller, but you can be a show caller. Sure would like to hear from you. That, that, that sounds kind of bad, isn't it, show caller? 
uh, program caller, caller inner, 877-57-EQUAL is the number. Definitely want to hear from you. Like very much to hear from you. Been talking to the folks at St. Gabriel Radio because we are headed down there August 9th and 10th, a Wednesday and a Thursday to tape some TV shows. Living Right with Dr. Ray, season 14. I, I don't, every once in a while I, I look back at or I catch one of those very first shows. Who was that young punk? Holy mackerel. Anyway, we're going to be there. So if you go to their website and you'd like to be part of the audience, we're going to be at uh, Ohio Dominican University. They've got the whole place set up for us. Now, not the whole place. Obviously, they've got some kind of large room that can handle the cameras and the lighting and everything like that. So go to St. Gabriel Radio, stgabrielradio.com. All right, there's there it is. There's Spock and Kirk. They just threw this up for my entertainment here. Eric did, but he's now going to the phones. Which is good. It's more important than Spock and Kirk. Given that, if you would like, we'd love you in the audience. The numbers are, are, are pretty healthy right at this point. So that that's kind of nice. Nice to see that. So com, And they have uh, the sign-ups there. Very simple. Very easy to do. Even for somebody like me. I signed up. I signed up for all four shows. All righty. Your calls. Let's make this show work and you make it work. 877-57-EQUAL. I'm going to teach you a very simple way to make somebody defensive and perhaps hostile. It's really very simple. We We all do it because this is sort of the way we speak. Accuse someone of having a certain negative trait. You know, you're thoughtless. You are just arrogant. You're you're hostile. You're just hostile. You're defensive. Now, let's analyze this. You are thoughtless. Does that mean in every situation? Which situations? With whom? How often? How often do you have to be thoughtless with a certain person who accuses you of being thoughtless to get the label thoughtless? Nobody wants to be told that they have an overriding negative trait. You're overbearing. Well, yeah, you're permissive. Now, this is generally how we talk. Lady said to me once, she said, I listened to your show. And um, even though, she goes, I really like it, even though you're sarcastic. Now, that's a trait, sarcastic. Now, sarcasm is biting, teasing. Making jokes, that's not sarcasm. If I say, why would you do that? That's not sarcasm. That's just kind of a different way of expressing. I'm puzzled. Sarcasm would be something like, (laughs) well, it's a good thing you called in here because obviously you're not doing a very good job of it. Now that's sarcasm. 
But nobody likes those big traits. And this is very common in marriages. They fling traits at each other. Well, you know, you're lazy. You're just lazy. Wow. That mean I don't go to work? Does that mean I don't weed the flower beds, but I wash the clothes? And what does that mean? You're just lazy. Typically, when people use trait language, they're extrapolating from, I'm going to say, periodic types of behavior that, that happen frequently enough in the accuser's mind to earn the trait. So the guy doesn't pick up after himself as much as his wife would like, which is which is a problem. I got that. But when she says, you're lazy, he's not likely to listen to what she's going to say next. Now, if she said, you leave your things on the table when you come in, that's pretty Specific. I'm I'm telling you what you do. Or I'll even tell you my frustration with it. But if I'm going to use a trait, especially a negative one, there's a lot of lot of negative ones floating around out there. The question becomes when? How often? How does it show itself? What are the particulars? What are the details? Who do you do it with? You say someone's lazy, but they go to work every day and they have a beautiful work record and they are full of initiative at work. Well, where did laziness go? Now, obviously, nobody's going to say, well, you're lazy with me periodically because you do A, B, and C. Nobody's going to talk like that. We just We reach for... Labels. It's how we talk. We summarize our language. I'm just warning you, be careful about doing that. You're difficult. Whoa! Now that is a broad base slam, isn't it? You're difficult. What's that mean? You're difficult with me? Other people don't find this person so difficult. They like, they like this person. You're difficult... Because I would like this happening and you don't do it? There's nearly limitless specifics to the word difficult. Be careful about flinging negative trait language. It's easy to do. We all have a tendency to speak that way. But it puts another person immediately on the defensive And if you want to get them to listen to you, that's not a good way to start. Now, you people better call in here or else I think, I think you're either lazy or scared or insecure. Um, Any other traits I want to fling at you for not calling? 877-877. Five. <laughs> Look at Barb. She she knows Barb here, the manager of the station. She came live long and prosper to pow with the old sign there. Eight seven seven fifty seven equal is the number. I'm delighted to get a chance to be with you. 
He was a Jesuit, a cardinal, and a doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Robert Bellarmine is honored for his immense contributions to theology, including helping to draft two important catechisms that defended church teachings during the Protestant revolt. Pope Clement VIII named Bellarmine a cardinal because, as the Pope put it, Bellarmine had not his equal for learning. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. We, you know, there's the saying that every sinner has a past and every saint has a future. I think I got that right. Reminds me of uh, Catherine calling from Atlanta, Georgia, that big 50,000 watt boomer down there in Atlanta. Catherine, you wretch. I hope you're not that way anymore, though. I was, too. I'm not. not. <laughs> yeah, by God's grace, not anymore. But um, I do. My family still remembers who I was before I got into my faith. So my question is, I still go on my family vacations, but it's it's challenging because I was a different person. Um, before my conversion. They probably so, liked you better I think, then. I, honestly, I think that often that they did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that often that they did, that they I was more fun then, and I wasn't, you know, recollected or, or prayerful you or anything like you that. You weren't so judgmental. That, yeah. That's how I feel like everything I do, they feel judged about. And I am just living my life. Like, I actively try not to judge them. And I, I don't think I do, I, but I don't know, because they say that they feel judged by me. And so and you don't yeah, say a word, point, right? No, I, I actually do. Not, I just want to be, oh, I, I'm giving too many details, but I, um, 
I try not to say anything, but pro- I probably do with my like eyes, maybe. I don't know. So. Well, don't ever roll your eye. Don't do that. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. That's that's bad. All right, let's get at this. First of all, if you're toying with just avoiding them, I wouldn't. This isn't enough reason to avoid them. As a matter of fact, you need some snappy comebacks, and I'm just the guy to give them to you. Okay? For example. Okay. Next time anybody alludes to what a wild child you were in college, you say, you are absolutely right. I was. I'm sure glad I'm not like that anymore. I don't know how much longer I could live if I was like that. Or, or, I was. I really was. But I'm so much more at peace now than I've ever been. So in other words, you admit it. Here's you got you had a two-part comeback. You admit it. And then you make a one or two-sentence comment on how much happier, more at peace you are now. Now, you be the shrink. Why do you think that they are so quick or so willing to say, we know what you were, Catherine? Why do you think they do that? Um, they're probably uncomfortable. You're not better than us, Catherine. Yeah. Yeah, that's really where it's coming from. So we have to make sure that uh, as you attempt to live morally according to your faith, which they don't totally agree with, that you know, you know you weren't always so goody-goody. Understand this, Catherine? So, and I'm not saying you put them down because of it. I, I think it'll help you to understand them. I think they are feeling like... She thinks she thinks we're inferior to her. And you don't. You you mm-hmm. don't. You don't say things. Okay, so we're left with one final question. I'm hesitant to do this because I wouldn't use this as a look back call. You say you don't judge him, right? I don't consciously do so. Okay, so let's just I'm gonna just say you don't. No more okay. rolling no more rolling the eyes, that's rough. So Yeah, I don't do that. Good. Don't go, ew. Don't, I wouldn't do that either. No. Okay. So given, given that, if you don't say anything, why do they still accuse you of being judgmental? Now, you be the psychologist again. I got the answer to this, but I want to see if you do. Because they're judging themselves, maybe. I think that could be, yeah, that could be true. Yeah, the old little flicker that they know you're right and they're not living up to that. That's possible. I think the higher, not higher, the more likely explanation, Catherine, you don't have to say it, but we know how you think. Right? Mm. That's what it is. You say, I just try to live my life. And you do. And maybe maybe if they're going to watch some movie that, that you don't want to watch, so you go read a book. They interpret that as, <laughs> okay, she's too pure to come and watch this with us. 
so true. Yeah. Oh, okay, I hit on one, didn't I? That was one of the examples. I knew it. <laughs> or if they're into yeah. a Ouija board and you don't want to get within 50 feet of that thing, which you're smart, um, they they look at you like, oh, boy, here we go. Another one of her faith-guided decisions. You be who you be who you are, dear, and and thank you. And and don't don't write them off because of that. All right. I mean, I had a I had a a niece come up to me. She's about thirty now. This is back when she was twenty one or twenty two. We were at a wedding, and she said, "You and Aunt Randy are the most judgmental people I know." And I'm thinking to myself, I've never said a word to her ever. <laughs> about her conduct ever where's she coming from with this well obviously it's because we live differently than than she lived interesting thing about being judgmental all righty my you dear so much. This you, is super helpful. you are welcome hey see that andrew get that thank you so much this was super helpful all right, I won't breathe over. <laughs> Catherine, thank you so much. How old are you, by the way? You sound like you're in your 20s. I'm 26. Yeah. 26. Yeah, so your conversion, mm-hmm. just for my own curiosity, how was it that you decided this oh. uh, Catholic thing was something to take a little more seriously? Yeah, I had a focused missionary in college that um, just really invested actually in another student who talked to me about her faith and she told me we would go she was in my sorority and she just said you know i haven't always been this way and i was like what someone can change like you can stop living a a life of just drunkenness and going out all the time and unsatisfaction and then slowly our lord just kind of like i took one step towards him and he like ran towards me and um so, yeah, that was kind of the beginning, was a, a mission trip with focus um, and praying a holy hour every day for a week, really. So it was quite beautiful. That's a nice image. I took one step toward him, and he ran toward me. That's a beautiful image. Yeah. You're not as dumb as I look. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Catherine. God, God hold you, honey. Take care. Thank oh. you. No, what a pleasant, pleasant young lady. Now, I don't know her, and I don't know if she is a pleasant young lady, but she sure was pleasant on the phone, and she was certainly delightful in the things that she said. Ah, let's see what we got here. Sophia. Now, Sophia, I'm uh, running up against a break here in a couple of minutes, so I'm sure I'll probably have to carry you through. Hi, Sophia. How are you? Hi. I'm pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. You don't sound okay. You said you're an older member of a family that you think is dysfunctional, but you don't sound very old. Well, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's the nicest thing I've heard today. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I feel I feel young inside, but I think most people, most older people, do feel pretty young inside. But yeah, I'm I'm 76. I I just went to a party, a birthday party. I drove several states over to go to a birthday party that. I don't think God wanted me to go to. I was trying to fit in with a family, a very dysfunctional family, and it, it was very hurtful. Some very difficult things happened, which I don't think you probably want to know the details. But I just, I'm trying to become like Christ and not trying to um, keep trying to be, 
to fit in with my family. Some very difficult things happened there. And I just wondered if there's any advice you can give me where I'm not focused on. I just try to fit in and be approved by them, but it never seems to ever happen. And so I think I have to give that up. And it's, I'm very, I'm not really, um, I'm asking God for wisdom. I, I don't want to keep beating my head against the wall, but yet I want to love my family. And they just don't listen. Most of them don't listen to people. They're just kind of on this one track. I don't know how to explain Sophia, it. Sophia, you, well, you stay right there, dear. That music means we have to take a hard break. I'm a little offended, but I'm going to continue the call. You know what you said that offended me? You said, I wonder if you can give me some advice. Sophia, that lack of confidence in me. But I'll get through it. You stay right there, dear. I'll be right back. Living the Beatitudes with Father Bjorn. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you're on a football team, you don't want to just run up and down the field holding the ball and never cross into the end zone and get a touchdown. We want to reach our goal, but there are a lot of obstacles, discouragement, and challenges along the way. Jesus' voice is the one calling us to say yes to him, to live the life that he is calling us to live. We have to choose one way or the other, choose him or not. But if we choose him, we will be opposed. We're going to have people challenge what we believe or call us crazy. But Jesus doesn't just say, come follow me, to follow a beatitude. He's calling us to be like himself. He is the beatitudes. He doesn't just say, do what I say. He says, come follow me. He's with us every step of the way, transforming our weakness into strength. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For more about the beatitudes, visit EWTNRC.com. The following is a medical moment. Hi, I'm Bobby Schindler, brother of Terry Schiavo. A second opinion is when a physician, other than the one currently responsible for your care, reviews your medical records and any test results in order to assess, diagnose, and recommend treatment for you. You have the right and don't need to give a reason to seek a second opinion, and many people do so to simply explore options. You may want to get a second opinion when your current physician's recommended treatment doesn't reflect your pro-life values. You want to learn about other possible treatment options and assess risk and benefits. You don't feel that the current healthcare facility is best equipped to handle the treatment. A 2017 study by the Mayo Clinic found that 88% of patients that received a second opinion had a new or refined diagnosis or treatment plan. It very well may pay to get an alternative viewpoint to ensure you get the best care possible. This medical moment brought to you by MyLifeAngels.com. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Ray Grandi, Program Doctors in Co-Production, EWG and Global Catholic Radio Network, some 400 plus stations, as well as Sirius Satellite, Channel 130, and all the streaming ways you can reach it. You just... It, Apps, endless, endless. You can get it anywhere if you have a phone, a smartphone, anyway. I'm talking to a young lady, Sophia, who says, I think she's lying. I want to see some ID. She says she's 76. I think she sounds like she's about 40. However, I'm going to I'm going to take her word for it. Sophia, you still there, dear? I am. <laughs> okay. Now, I know you didn't want to go into details on what happens when you're with your family. Um, are they 
blatantly nasty, or is it that you just don't relate well to them because you look at life and religious differently, religion differently than they do? A little bit of both. I okay. think they they really do say some pretty terse comments, and they don't listen, but they don't. They don't. Um, they don't look at life religiously that I like. I do. I, I'm more open to God's grace and to wanting Him to change me. And I, I'm asking God to let me be more self-aware and really listen to people's hearts. And they look at life in a whole different kind of way. It's kind of, yeah. And they don't. It's it just, yeah. It's it's a mess. <laughs> And it's been this way for how long, Sophia? It's been this way for how long? Oh, thank you for asking. So as a child, I was the youngest of seven, and it's a big double family where we have all these double cousins. And so it was almost like this. Anyway, it's a very big family, and they're all kind of tied together emotionally somehow, and and nobody really, not too many people have gone. I'm the only one. My children tell me that I'm the only one that has really tried to grow and become a person. So, that you're, really so your kids are person. your kids are kind of pleased with you. They like who you are. Yeah, my kids like. Ooh, yeah. Woody, that's good. That's wonderful. All right. Yeah. And no, so here, here, yeah. here's what we can do. The good news, bad news here, Sophia. It sounds okay. like you probably won't really have a close connection with your family, because they won't allow it. Whatever it is no. about you, uh, whether it's your religion, your view of life, your conservative ways, whatever it is, um, they will not tolerate it. That's interesting, because I'm no. sure they think they're the tolerant ones, but they're intolerant. Yeah. So, so given that, that's the bad news. The good news is you really don't have to let them get to you. For example, if they say a snark remark... Uh, you look at them, and you just kind of stare at them, like, "What's your point? What was that all about?" You don't, you don't necessarily have to respond to it, and you don't have to absorb it because you know that's who they are. For whatever the reason, yeah. they're getting some kind of satisfaction, some kind of perverse satisfaction, out of sniping at you. Um, yeah. So, so given that, if you say, "Well, maybe it's better to say this, Sophia." You want to have a civil contact with your family as opposed to a close connection. Okay. Okay? The, if, give up on the connection if they won't allow it. Okay. That's pro- probably the smartest thing to do. And don't distress yourself over it. And you know, and here's the thing, you, you've been blessed. You, you said it. God's grace opened your eyes. For whatever the reason, in his mystery, you know what you know and they have yet to come to it, in some way, anyway. So, uh-huh. in a sense, you're very blessed. And yeah. they're still kind of, well, maybe neglecting this whole thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. assuming here, Sophia, I'm assuming something. I'm assuming you're not a jerk. You're not a jerk, are you? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, you know what? That answer right there tells me you're probably not. Because... Somebody's a jerk's going to say, I'm not a jerk. But somebody like yourself gives a much more temperate answer like, I, I don't think so. Very 
humble <laughs> on your part. So that's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So that's my suggestion to you, dear. Don't avoid him because of that, but keep in mind that at age 76, this probably ain't going to change. Yeah. All righty? Thanks so much. Thanks. You are so welcome, my dear. You be well. I get the, I get the chance to just, in a sort of uh, superficial way, to get to talk to some very pleasant people. At least they're pleasant on the phone with me. You know, I don't know. But I'm, you know what would be interesting here? I'm, I'm going to get to your calls in a second. I just kind of want to kind of want to uh, ramble a little bit. I bet if I talk to Sophia's family members, they would probably give me a picture of Sophia that is really not who she is. It's like our previous caller who said her family thinks she's judgmental. Now, if I talk to them, they'd say, yes, oh, my gosh, she's so judgmental. Every time we're around her, we feel like she's grading us morally. Now, that would create an image of our previous caller or Sophia. But in fact, what is the reality? Neither ladies could be anything like that. But it's that perception of the people around them. That's why Sophia gets snarked at. Because their attitude is, we don't really like the way you look at things. We don't like who you are. So when we get a chance, we're going to snip at you. Snoot at you. Snotty at you. All kinds of SNs. Snides. Snarky. Snarly. All right. So, um, uh, see, I, I got about a minute before the break. All right. We have calls up there. I want to get to them. Eric, tell the folks. We're going to get to them on the other side of the break. But for right now, I'll fill time. I've only got a minute. i got to fill. The Wichita Family Conference is one of the biggest conferences I've ever been to. I mean, the first year that I went to that, this was probably some years back, 4,000 people. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. I sold a lot of books, too. Big whole bunch of books. Now, since COVID, they're they're making their comeback. So I'll be heading out that way. The um, Let's see, that would be the two, two three, fourth, fifth, and sixth of August. So I certainly get the privilege of going back to the Wichita Family Conference. They they take this huge, huge conference center, and they have vendors all over the place. You know the neat thing about vendors? This is really cool. This is how I judge family conferences. The vendors have candy. I get a bag, and it's like Halloween. I just go from booth to booth or from stand to stand, and I'll tell them which ones have the good candy. You get the ones that get these junky hard candy that when you were a kid you gave to your dad because you didn't want it. You know, the daddy dish. I got that with my kids. But that didn't matter because I, I call it the daddy tax. I took 12% of everything they brought in. But that's really neat at these conferences. Candy. Really neat. All right. Good Lord permitting. See you in a couple of minutes.
The idea that the United States of America should now be a nation in high-handed rebellion against God makes me choke. I mean, there are some people who seem to think that the problem in America is simply between conservatives and liberals, between Democrats and Republicans. But these group distinctions are not the most important distinction. The real division is between those who are being drawn to Christ and those who are fleeing him. All humans are created in the image of God, and we are made for a loving relationship with our Creator. Any human being will never find their full fulfillment apart from God. And those of us who are united to Christ by faith and baptism in his mission of redemption owe everyone we meet the love and consideration that helps draw them closer to their eternal lover. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Are mobile phones dangerous? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Our phones have become an extension of our physical bodies, and they emit radiation. Where you routinely place, hold, or store your phone on your body is critical. Energy emitted from radio frequency exposure can be absorbed by the body and potentially harmful. Apple recommends customers using its latest iPhones try the hands-free options like built-in speaker phones and headphones to reduce exposure. Android-type phones top the list of phones giving off the most radiation. Keep all brands of phones away from your ear and head when possible. Men should store a phone in a pant pocket. Women should keep their phone in a purse, pant pocket, but not in their bra. I didn't know this was a thing. Practice social distancing from phones. Like fasting from food, maybe it's time for a digital detox. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Thank you for joining me. The doctor is in. Delighted to be with you. Maria is caught in the middle. That song, what was it, that rock song, Here I Am, Stuck in the Middle with You. Hi, Maria. Totally. Hello. Was your husband refusing to go to this wedding? Oh, no, no. No, no, it's my daughter's wedding. So here's the situation. Um... I'm in the middle trying to, to smoke the peace pipe, as I say, between my husband and his sister, who are very, very close. One year apart, um, you know, we were a close family, and since his mom um, became ill with dementia all of the last several years, she's since passed away, um, they just did not see eye to eye on. He, he started managing her medical care and her finances because she refused to help even though she lived in the, in the house on the first floor apartment with her two boys. Um, and so it became this huge resentment. And I promised my mother-in-law I would try and fix this because she kind of knew what was happening. Um, and it just got worse. We needed to get a mediator just to, to try and figure out how we can get her meals, even though we did, you know, there was one, one of the siblings in the house that couldn't commit to anything. Um, once my husband got a hold of finances, he realized, you know, she's paying a third of what she should be paying in rent, which, you know, you give a family a break. But she was, my mother-in-law was dipping into savings as a widow to, you know, buy new things in the house, like a washing machine, you know. 
stuff like that. So your so your got, your he, husband's sister basically just took total advantage of the financial situation, right? Well, that's that's what he's. Yeah, yep, that's how he looks at it. Now, my thing, I keep saying, you know, here's the other thing. Part of it was driven by I think miscommunication. The parents never. I love my in-laws. They were wonderful people, but they never set expectations. On your living here, they wanted them always to get a house of their own. Never happened, but at least set some expectations. It was never communicated. We're Italian. I'm coming from Italian family. We communicate. Well, I'll tell you, sometimes us like Italians, we can hold a grudge forever. <laughs> I know, I, but we get it off our chest, so we forgive. I can't get them to forgive. He had a meeting originally when she was sick. She didn't come. She didn't have time with him and his bro- brother. This was years ago. And anyway, so took advantage. And then the very end when she was sick, um, you know, just not responsive. Would, she said, you're not the boss of me. He was just asking for communication. I love it. I did. You know what? I said that yesterday on the show. I used it as a manologue. You're not the boss of me. Yeah, well, that's what she said to him. And he's like, I'm not your boss. I just want you to tell me, like, are you taking mom to the doctors? Or, or do we need to do, like, what's happening kind of stuff? Simple communication. Bottom line, there's no relationship. I've tried um, to do it. They, they don't care. They're fine apart. Frank doesn't miss a ne- whoops. My husband doesn't miss a negativity, and she feels you know doesn't want a relationship. I, I want our kids to. We have nobody else. Everyone's dead, and there's no other cousins. Wow. So my I, we have a wedding this weekend. Um, they are coming. I'm stressed out. I, I'll, you know, I'll have some of the other people. Well, he's just going to avoid her, isn't he? He's just not going to talk to her at all. Avoid her? No, he was. He won't. She won't talk to him. Um, they don't talk to each other. I just think it's terrible. And do I keep pushing, or do I just no praying that someone? No, you can't. You can't push this. You've been how long? You've been pushing a year. (laughs) And he gets mad at you every time, doesn't he? Yep. He said I'm making his blood pressure worse. Yep. Yep. But you keep pushing. Maria, why do you keep pushing? Because I I miss, I, there's, you know, the times are good. I miss it, the family. I'm sorry, I'm going to cry now. And I just feel like a lot of it's miscommunication that can be like, let's let the past be the past. Let's move forward as a shred of a family. I think we can. If he's being um, stubborn, is she forward. being stubborn too? Oh God, she's she's worse, which caused him to be. Oh, okay. You know, he said if she if he said it's not the way she treats me, it's the way she treated mom. They they always fought, and and she was disrespectful to her mom, and then the okay. boys started to get that way, and my husband got really upset. So she's the only one of the siblings left alive. No, there's one other, um, and he's he's uh, he's out in my brother. They're my, they're fine. My husband and him. He. He's just a little bit irresponsible and clueless, so he doesn't. Is he even fine know, like, with the sister? Well, he'll he'll call her. And she doesn't pick up the phone. They don't really talk either. Right, he was so in the hospital for ten days, and and my brother was handling that. She didn't even check in on him. Okay, so they don't have a relationship, but it's not hostile like your husband's and hers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So your daughter's getting yeah. married. She is coming, which yep. surprises me. I figure she wouldn't even come, but she is coming. You're. You know, is, because is, she was your husband, is your husband going to simply avoid her, or is he going to create a scene? Oh, he'd never create a scene. He's a good, good man, and that's why I struggle, um, because I feel like he needs to have some forgiveness. I want to say, you know what, everybody's got a little bit of fault here. Um, and is he religious? Say, is he religious? Yes, we both are. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think you can 
one thing you could pursue and do it in a puzzled way. Do it. Pull the old Columbo. <laughs> You're Italian. You can relate to him. I love Columbo. <laughs> what I just talk to your husband. You say, you know, I, here's what I don't understand. I know you love God. And mm-hmm. I know you go to communion. Yes. But there's so, so very much in Scripture that talks about how we can't, we cannot be a follower of Christ if we can't forgive. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In other words, it's a condition. I'll forgive you, but you got to forgive other people. And there's a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of verses. And I would... I would lay that before him. I would say, okay, you you got to you got to explain to me how you rationalize this. Can Don't I interrupt challenge. for a second cuz I have done that? Okay. I, I have. Believe me, I have. I've tried every angle and I've used our Christian faith and forgiveness. His response is if she apologized for the way she treated mom for years, I would accept it and move on. But she won't and he can't um, he can't go there. He said, she's so negative, I don't miss her. She, you don't need to be around toxic people. And I said, well, when it's family, it's a little different, I think. Um, will, he I allow mean, you, will he allow you to have a relationship with her? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and I, and I have tried, but every now and then I, I lose it, too, because I just, you know, the, the history comes up, and I just her comments, you know what I mean? When it's, you say lose it, you fight with her? No, I just, uh, <laughs> I don't fight with her. I went after, I, I went to where she worked, and because they moved out of the house finally. She she told everyone in town my husband kicked her out, which wasn't a fact. We just, the bills were too high. They had to sell the house. Um, it gave her ample notice, but she's telling everybody else something different. So I went there to try and talk to her about that and um, just offer some help with the move and everything. So her name no, was civil. She was got, civil to me. You got nowhere. Got nowhere. That was she was civil to me, but never heard from her again. Right. Yeah. Well, I tried with that. You can be at peace with yourself. You tried. You reached out to her. Sounds like she's tarring you with the same brush as she's tarring her husband. She doesn't want anything to do with you either. And no. you can't. You can't force it. You can't say, "All right, well, I'm going to keep going at her." If she's saying, "Leave me alone," um, I would. I don't know how much you're going to push on your husband from a religious perspective. I, I don't know how much he'll take. Maybe that makes him even madder when you uh, when you question his faith. But I think you're fair in questioning his faith because that that's really clear. When you, when you can't forgive, I mean, that is flat out at the very center of our faith. Flat out. Yeah. This is not about, this is not an ancillary about- thing here. So his whole thing is, you know... Well, he's putting conditions on it. I would forgive Maria, he's putting conditions on it. I'll forgive her if she does this. Right. No. No. You can't put conditions on it. So I guess you're going to have to just enjoy your daughter's wedding, pay attention to your daughter and her hubby, and do not focus at all don't keep looking out of your peripheral vision to see <laughs> where your husband is and where she is. Ooh, make sure they don't sit at the table too close because there could be some glares. You don't want that. So just 
I say pay no attention to either one of them. Okay. You know, enjoy, enjoy your daughter's hopefully wedding. Hopefully the black cloud will float and away. Do, do not, do so not, much. yeah, do not let that ridiculousness uh, destroy a good day like that. Don't do that. Okay. All righty, Maria. Bless you, dear. Thank you. Thanks. I love your show. Thank you. All right. Took you long enough to say that. I was wondering how long I'd have to keep you on the phone before you said it. She hung up. She hung up. She said it, then she hung up. It's like college. These girls would say, well, I'd like to go out with you, and then they hung up. So I, would that be a mixed message? This is Dr. Ray. Ciao, amici. Hello, friends. Teresa Tamio here. Ever notice that common sense isn't so common anymore? Each time we check our news feeds or turn on the TV, it seems the world is getting wackier. While we desperately need a return to basic common sense. And Rosie Posey, my mom, a street-smart theologian from Jersey City, is just the person we need to help us restore it. So if you need a little bit more help with some common sense or know someone else who needs it, pick out my new book on our store, Everything's Coming Up Rosie, at AveMariaRadio.net's online store. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. As a Catholic dad, I know how frustrating parenting can be, but it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting faithful parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day, get expert support with discipline issues, self-care, creating a stronger marriage, living your faith at home, or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to the personalized expert support you'll get as a premium member of CatholicHOM.com, you'll get access to tons of creative resources, entertaining videos that teach your kids how to get along with each other and love the Lord, downloadable activities, monthly live parenting Q&As, a supportive community of faithful Catholic parents, and tons of other benefits, like my Bedatitudes podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home Community. Again, that's CatholicHOM.com. I can't wait to see you there. I can just picture a guy on a horse rustling cattle. Isn't it amazing how certain music can conjure up an image? I'll bet you had that image too. I mean, you didn't, that, that music right there didn't make you think of a butterfly landing on your wrist. Like it. That's manly. I like it. Elizabeth from uh, Illinois. She has something she wants to say. Okay, Elizabeth, you're on. Okay, I'm actually not from Illinois, but uh, you don't need to disclose my real location, I guess. Well, I'll tell you what, even if you said Montana, nobody's going to know either way, you know? Um, okay, well, uh, there's a lot I could talk to you about, but um, I see that we don't have much time left, and 
I wanted to get out of the way that I called a little while ago, and we were talking about another caller who called in. She had kids, and her new husband, um, she'd been married before and had a divorce, I think, and uh, her new husband, who's a step-parent, I guess he and the kids weren't getting along, and... uh, she had mentioned that he would mock them, and uh, you pretty much finished the call, I think, by telling her that. Well, Elizabeth, you did you her, did you email me? No, because okay, I, I got you on the phone. I got an email that that basically said that I I I tr- I minimized what the guy was doing. Well. I didn't send you an email. I just talked to you on the phone, and I said that, you know, um, well, I said a few things, but I had something to say about the mocking because it could be I've experienced that myself, you know? Um, so, um, when people it, When people hear a call a certain way, almost always they've had that personal experience. And I remember your call, which you said that I should have, quote-unquote, come down harder on what no, he I was doing. I didn't say that. I didn't use those words, Dr. Well, Wright. I know you didn't. I know you didn't. But but I should have been I should have been more direct about what he was doing. And and I, my response was, well, that that was mom's portrayal. And assuming it's true, assuming that's exactly what he does, I did say, well, obviously that's wrong. He shouldn't be doing that. And then I tried to give her some suggestions that would make it less likely that he would do that. Yeah, I believe that's true. You said, well, you you asked if the kids were disrespectful or this topic came up, and she, I guess, uh, indicated that they could be. Um. So I kind of just wanted to, I don't know, I I don't want to come across as stupid, and I kind of wanted to clear the record, and uh, and, um, actually I was thinking maybe a parent mocking a child on some occasions might not be so bad, Um, but, you know, when when, when I picture it, I think... And first of all, I guess he's not the parent, and that came up too. And well, remember, remember this. I'm going to have to cut in here because I got about 20 seconds. Uh, she used the word mocking. Maybe he wouldn't call it that. She would. Um, not unusual for um, a step parent to look at the bio kids and say they're not respectful, so they react with frustration. And my whole goal in that call was to take what she was telling me and try to get her to make the kids a little less disrespectful so he would be less reactive that way. Thank you, Elizabeth, very much for your call. This is Dr. Ray. i got to run. Clock says bye-bye. Walk with God, as our two callers do, and they ran up against some bumps. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook.
The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.